I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Welcome to another episode of Full Body Fuck Yes. I'm your host, Abby Gibb, and thanks for your patience last week because there wasn't an episode. Uh, COVID finally found me, knocked down my door, kicked my ass, but I'm back. So welcome to the pod, and if you're new here, this show, well, I want this show to help you unlock your life stories, to begin to really share them with the world, because it's finally time to take up more room on the page of your life, right? So if you just said, fuck yes, abs, then welcome. You are in the right place. This is also the second to last episode of the season. Yep. Next week, I'm going to go more in depth about what is coming up for season two. Also, what's coming up in my own life, these massive shifts that I'm making. I haven't made them public and I'm going to share them for the first time in next week's episode. Talk about what else, but how I found this next iteration of my highest and truest fuck yes and just more details about how I've come to that process and, of course, how I want to be able to share that with you. And you know that I had to save the best for last, the final guest of season one here, Shannon Monson. Do you know Shannon? Because if you don't, you're about to fall in love with her. Fuck, I love Shannon. And tell me if this resonates with you, because Shannon, she's super passionate about closing the gender gap, canceling traditional gender roles and sexuality in general, and helping you to choose yourself first. So of course, we had to talk about all of that and how to really genuinely explore and act on that in today's episode. Shannon is, of course, super fancy as well. She's been on like GMA, CNN, all those things. She's named one of the top 12 female entrepreneurs you need to know. And I would agree. This woman, this woman is solid gold, baby. Solid fucking gold. She is so much more than just her career. And we're going to get to that in a second, but her career is pretty fancy too. Shannon was one of the first people that I think really learned how to leverage social media for business. She grew not one and not two, but multiple million dollar online businesses from her living room. And she really understands how to connect with people and how to be honest about this journey. And like, probably like you, like me, fuck niches, fuck having to do the exact same thing over and over again, just because you liked it. It worked the first time. Doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. So she's great at building businesses that don't necessarily look congruent, but how to build businesses just around the fact that they spark her joy. Right. And so we talk about that a little bit more, but also she's a mother of two. She was raised Mormon who left the faith, discovered her sexuality, and then went viral for a whole other reason, by sharing with the world that she's bi while staying married to her husband. So of course we had to start there because as someone else, I, who also came out to myself and the world later in life, I think this is really interesting. And we want to talk about how the pandemic has brought everyone closer to their own truth and, and how we can all reevaluate bravely what we really want in life and why it's necessary to break the rules and how we can start to do that, right? Enjoy. It's interesting because I think that so many of us during this pandemic have really been kind of taking stock of what's important to us in life and where do we stand and who are we and what do we want? You know, everything was blown up and we had to kind of decide 
what, who, what's the most important thing to me. And it has really illuminated a lot of parts of my journey that I didn't feel like I made a conscious choice. So if you grew up in the, I grew up in the South, the very conservative South in, um, you know, in the United States, the world tells you, this is what a woman is like, and this is what you do. And this is your path for life. So most of my life, I followed that, you know, I wore makeup because girls wear makeup. I got dressed up and girly because that's how you got attention from boys and the goal. You had more worth if you had more attention from boys and men. And I kind of just felt like all of a sudden I looked around and all of a sudden I'm married and I have two kids <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what, what just happened? And so the pandemic is I, really, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to kind of be like, wait a minute, I get to be whoever I want to be. And I think that gives a lot of us permission just because we maybe fit into a mold in the past. Doesn't mean we have to keep fitting into that. Yes. Or maybe that did feel however we can assess authentic to us, maybe in our early twenties. And now that we're in our thirties, we just get to say like, I change. And that means that the way I relate to the world, myself, the dressing is like a big part of it for me too. I I had a moment with my soon to be husband and I was crying, um, in a dress, I was wearing a dress. We're about to go out to dinner and I just started crying. And he was like, sweetie, what's, what's going on? We don't have to go. Like, that's no big deal. And I was like, I don't think I want to wear this dress. I don't. I don't know if I want to wear any of these dresses. And he was like, okay. And I was like, what if I started wearing like suits? What if I started wearing like baggier jeans? Like, what if I don't have to be like this? I don't know, like perceived sex object. And I, and, and the sweetest thing he ever said was, oh, babe, I know what's underneath those clothes. I I don't care what you wear on top, because I honestly just want you naked all the time anyway. So like, I don't care. And it just gave me this freedom of like, as I was starting to explore and own the fact that, yeah, no, I really am queer. Like that, that's a thing. Um, my clothes changed. It's like small things, but like also big things. How did it feel for you? Like, what are some like small steps that you took to start to see yourself more deeply? Yeah. I think the first thing for me, you know, my transition out of Mormonism happened first. So I grew up in a very Mormon family. I'm married a Mormon. My last name is Monson, which if you know anything about, we're not related, but it's, we come from a long lineage of, you know, Mormons and pioneers and that's we Mormon were, as fuck. No, we were Mormon. We were very yeah. Mormon. And you when got, you, grow, you got sealed, right? Like in the town. I mean, you did the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. We got married in the temple. You know, we had the special underwear, all the things. And growing up, I was always told being gay is a choice. Um, I had an uncle who passed away of AIDS in um, the 90s, like my early, early childhood. And I remember being told, you know, he made a decision and it never even occurred to me that I might be queer, which is really funny because I think it occurred to everybody else. I was always made fun of in high school for uh, like, there were always rumors about me being lesbian. And I, I was like, no, I'm not. I was just a tomboy. You know, I just like, wasn't as interested in boys. Um, and I remember after I transitioned out of Mormonism and my husband and I are sitting around and we're watching a, some movie or t- 
talking about celebrities. And I just remember saying, oh, Gal Gadot is like so beautiful. Isn't she just so beautiful? (laughs) She's on my top five. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait, wait, can we just have a moment? We can have a moment. I need a hot moment for her. Okay. Thank you. I just needed to, mm, okay. Continue. Yes. Yes. She would be my celebrity hall pass a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I remember my husband just saying like, are you sure you're not gay? Like, (laughs) are are you sure Shannon? I'm like, no, no, no. Every, I just appreciate beauty. Everybody said that same shit. Everybody thinks girls are hot. Like, hello. Have you seen women? Like we all feel that way. And I remember he just like looked at me and laughed. He's like, it's okay. If you are like, it's okay to accept that. And so I think having that first permission that the belief system that I had growing up to, to reject that, to reject this monogamous heterosexual relationship as the only option for everybody, or you don't get into heaven. Like when I rejected that belief system and everything that went along with it, all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, obviously it's not a choice. (laughs) Obviously it's not a choice. And then wait a minute, these feelings that I feel like all girls didn't take baths with their friends in high school. Like that's not a thing. It's not a thing. No. That's not a thing. It's oh, not a thing. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Maybe these feelings that I feel is like a queer thing and it's not an everybody thing. And that was just this moment of like, wait a minute, I don't have to bury this or pretend or be embarrassed or ashamed or joke about it. Like my go-to is always this self-deprecating humor. So it's always the family joke that like, you know, Shannon loves boobs. And like, that was just funny. And yes. finally at this point in my life, I'm like, it's actually, it's okay. Yeah. It's boobs okay. Are great. Boobs are, I, yeah. I, just, I love it, boobs. They're great. Um, it's yeah, okay. They're great. It's yeah. okay. So how did that conversation come to be? Like, would you say, I mean, well, you have at least, at least on the TikToks <laughs> you have said like, hi, I'm bi. Is that how you would categorize yourself now? Do you feel like you need to say any, like just help someone at home who's like, well, okay, so I definitely like boobs. I'm married to a man. I've kissed girls, but like, you know, doesn't everyone kiss girls? Like, isn't that a thing? Apparently not, by the way. I I genuinely thought, doesn't everyone in college kiss girls? Like, isn't that a thing? Yeah. Apparently no. Yeah. I remember I had this moment where I was Googling, how do I know if I'm lesbian? Oh my God. Then, How many times have I done that? And, and then a, a few days later, I saw a TikTok that was like, Hey, if you've ever Googled, how do you know if you're lesbian? Let me like help you out. I'm going to solve this for you real quick. You are like <laughs> no straight people, no straight people Google that. So I feel like for me, it was, uh, I think there was a lot of like, well, what, what's the point? Does it matter? Is it worth it to come out? Like I'm in a, a header, I'm married to a man. I'm in a, you know, very I guess straight passing relationship, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, and for me, it was a lot less about like what this meant for me and my sex life. Like, because I think we we associate, right? If you are gay, you have sex with the same sex. If you're straight, you have sex with it. But 16-year-olds who don't have sex, or like, I mean they can have sex, they can still be gay or straight. Like, yeah, it's still part of your identity and who you are. And so I felt by normalizing it for me that, Hey, if you're in a similar situation, it's okay. We can like all admit that we also were attracted to, we find beauty everywhere and we can say that out loud. And I think it also helps to normalize 
the queer experience for, you know, I would have loved to have seen that as a 16, 17 year old girl. And so for me, it was less about what it changed for me in my life because I'm so grateful to have this place where I'm in like deep loving relationships and, you know, have wonderful friends and family members and my husband. But for me, it was about, okay, this is a part of myself that I've denied, not just sexually, but denied owning my entire life. I've been embarrassed, ashamed. I don't have to front like this super feminine girly girl. I'm not. I don't have to wear a ton of makeup and have long hair. And there's some funny TikToks about like when you have your a lot of women when they have their like gay awakening automatically they cut their hair off. <laughs> just like you you don't have to keep dressing or acting or fitting in a certain box just because that's how you were told you'd be accepted. Oh, ooh, that is so good. I feel like, um, how old are you exactly? 32. 32. Okay, cool. So I'm 36. And I feel like this millennial generation, I it's kind of funny uh, to Gen Z especially, but like I didn't know that bi was a thing growing up. Genuinely. I knew people that were gay and I wasn't raised in a super um, you know, conservative household even. It wouldn't have been a big deal if I'd come out and said I was gay at all to my family. But I was like, I'm not gay. I definitely like dudes. Like there are hot dudes. I like them. And, but I definitely feel, and I would have said at the time at like 16, 18, like funny around some girls and, you know, Angelina Jolie, that was my like gay awakening, right? Mr. And Mrs. Smith gay awakening. Cause I was like, I definitely want to do things with Brad Pitt. And I definitely want to do things with Angelina Jolie and maybe both of them at the same time. I'm, I don't know. And I felt like, you couldn't be both. I didn't, I didn't know that was an option. And I figured, well, okay, if I definitely still like dudes, then I should just act on only that part and being, you know, sort of a celebrity at the time, like being on TV and knowing that that wasn't really an acceptable thing to be like sexually promiscuous. Like it wasn't an option for me in my career. So like, just stick to the safe thing. When I owned that space, I needed to begin to explore that like physically, like I, before, before my partner that I'm marrying now, like I, I needed that time. Have you ever explored that other side of you? Have you had that conversation with your husband? Like, even if you haven't, what, what advice would you say to someone maybe having their great awakening thanks to the panorama? at like 40 years old, you know, like how many people have come out thanks to TikTok in the last two years? Yeah, it was a very binary conversation growing up. You were this or that. And I think what's so beautiful, and I just have so much respect for Gen Z and the way that they're changing this conversation around gender and identities and sexuality. um, It's so much more inclusive. You know, my husband is a OBGYN and there are absolutely cases where people are born with both parts and, Mm -hmm. you know, born androgynous. And I'm so happy for what's happening in the world that we're all going to be more inclusive of everybody across the spectrum and, you know, like loving who you love. And I think that's so beautiful. I think the advice I'd give to someone that if you're feeling this way, like I've been married to a man, but I think I like women. Like One of the most beautiful things that my husband and I have given each other in our marriage is the opportunity to keep discovering ourselves. And I think everyone has different views on, you know, 
how you want your relationship to work, but I have always been free in my relationship, free to explore different parts of entrepreneurship and business and religion. You know, even when we were very, very Mormon and I was stepping away, he was like, I love you. I'm with you. You do what you need to do to figure out what's next for you. So I think that it wasn't even confirming to me. Um, I'd been, I'd, I've been with women, but to me, it was just like, I don't have to be embarrassed or ashamed of the fact that this is part of me. And I think it's so drilled into us, especially if you grew up religious, that it was wrong and bad. I think just even being able to say, actually, I reject that. I am not wrong. Opens you up creatively for so many things. Cause all of a sudden the rules just disappear. The rules disappear. If you have all of these confines and boxes, what could you do if you step outside and explore? And it has been so expansive in my career and my friendships and my life and my, my husband and I's relationship is so much deeper and stronger because we have a really explorative attitude about rediscovering the next, you know, the next stage of who I'm going to become. You know, people talk about getting bored and that doesn't happen when you're constantly learning who you are and finding new parts of yourself. Yeah. And, and allowing yourself to be reinvented. Um, I think that's a piece that I watch you do consistently, at least from afar, uh, on the interwebs is that you pick up things, you let go of things very easily. You say, okay, that was really awesome. I built this business. I sold this thing. I made that you don't make yourself have to stick to a niche. And I love that because that's, that's definitely me too. I think it's a lot of entrepreneurs. So how has giving this freedom, you've been speaking, you know, sort of a beating around this idea that through this sexual liberation and this, uh, and seeing yourself more deeply and fully, how has that given you creative freedom in your businesses? Cause they're definitely intertwined. Can we talk about orgasms? I was just going to say that. Oh my God. I just read your brain. I literally was going to say, here's the deal. The more you come C-U-M, the more your vision comes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Orgasms key to business success. (laughs) I completely agree. So, you know, I would consider myself like pretty sexually repressed growing up, you know, um, sex was not okay until marriage. Um, masturbation was never okay. Even after marriage, like you don't touch yourself. You don't know anything about yourself. And also I was very much raised to believe that my body was like a gift I was giving to my husband for his pleasure and enjoyment. Yeah. Like I actually feel sick saying this out loud. So, um, I didn't orgasm for many, many years of our marriage. I didn't know how I didn't know that I wasn't, which is so embarrassing because if you've ever had an orgasm, if you're listening to this and you've never orgasmed, you're not alone, but if you've ever had an orgasm, you know, when you orgasm, Holy wait, hold up. Wait, we got to rewind. I wish I had the rewind sound button. So for many, many years, how old were you when you first came Shannon Monson? Probably like 27. Holy fuck balls. Yeah. It's, it was a long time. And I'm so sorry. It's thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry too. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm very excited that my, my daughter won't have that same like generational trauma passed on to her. So, um, when I left Mormonism and like rejected those rules, I was like, actually, it's okay to touch myself. Like I'm going to figure this out. (laughs) I'm going to figure it out. Like, how did you figure it out? Like, did you like, did you buy a course? I mean, let's be real. If we're an entrepreneur, did you like, 
watched well, I porn. Bought a vibrator. I bought a vibrator. I bought a vibrator. I watched porn. All the things that yeah. were like, like Mormons do not watch porn. You do not use toys. And people have different opinions about this, but let me tell you, if my mother ever found out that there was a toy, she would have had, actually she does. She kind of has, she's seen them now and has a lot of feelings. Um, so I just, I bought a, I bought a vibrator. I found a female porn site and, uh, that was like, you know, ethically made yes. and I took a shower and I like, was like, I am not getting out until I figure this out. Um, and it is not that hard to figure yourself out when you actually aren't afraid of your own body. And I, I know a lot of women, unfortunately, they're like, Ew, I don't want to touch myself. That's gross. Like, or, or even like, you know, my partner doesn't go down on me. Like for so many women, vaginas are like this ick thing, which is so sad because we have so much power and like it radiates through our divinity. And so I would say once that changed and all of a sudden I was having this like really intense sexual relationship with myself, right? I was just unlocked creatively. I don't know anything else I can compare it to because it wasn't about for the first time in my life, it wasn't about someone else's pleasure. It wasn't about somebody else's goal or end. And my husband is wonderful and so selfless. And I've mentioned this on the internet and people are like, well, he's the worst. I'm like, no, not all men are the worst. You, how, how can someone else know what you like? If you don't know what you exactly. like, it's no different from the rest, the rest of life. Um, and I really do think that if you're feeling creatively blocked, getting physically in touch with yourself just is so expansive. I can't explain it other than I'm like, Oh my God, I can do anything, you know? Yes. I, what was it like to orgasm for the first time? Oh, it was, um, it was the most powerful I've ever felt alone. Mm. So like my whole life, I felt like my worth was tied to a man, a child, marriage. You know, that was how we were taught. You know, if you want to get into heaven, you have to be married and you're like more righteous, the more children you have. And so it was the first that I was like, actually, I have everything I need. It could just be me for the rest of my life and I would be just fine. And I don't know how to describe that to someone that hasn't experienced the feeling of thinking that you only matter to someone else. But having that moment was just this, okay, whatever happens next, whatever comes at me, I'm going to handle it. Yeah, that is the power of, I, I like to call it sovereign sex. Like it's. Mm, I like that. You know, you're unto yourself and you have everything you need and to relate to yourself, not how you relate always to someone else or even to a role or a job. Right. Yes. Um, how has that, you know, so you're 27, you're coming in the shower for the first time. I'm hearing hallelujah music happening. <laughs> Your life has totally shifted. How did that unlock the confidence to leave that first career that you had and really step into entrepreneurship and invent all of the businesses that you've invented. And you just, you do have like a, a Midas touch, like you just, you. it's beautiful to watch. It's beautiful yeah. to watch another businesswoman thrive and go after it. What did that offer? What did that offer you? Well, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never had a job. 
Um, so I got married at 22. I had my son at 23 and I started like little, you know, a nutrition consulting business and a wellness company to just pay the bills. And so my goal was always to support my family financially while my husband was in medical school. So everything changed when it stopped being about them. And I love my family. I love my family. But for those first three, four years, I was full-time caregiver, full-time, you know, doing all the things. And my goal was to make just enough to support just enough so that, you know, he could have his, his career and his dream. And when I finally started to put myself first, my, my orgasms, my time, um, when I looked around and I was like, I am living my life for everybody else. And I'm not happy. I'm deeply unhappy. And when I made that shift, okay, I'm going to choose myself first. That was the moment that my business changed. That was the moment, you know, I left Mormonism. I started having orgasms. I went from a six figure business owner to literally a seven figure business owner almost overnight, like 75 days. It was so fast because all of a sudden, I think that I had the tools all along. Cause I, you know, I've been I'd already built two businesses at that point, but it was like this unshakable belief in myself and also like kind of taking your backup plan away. You know, my, my husband and I were going through a hard time when I like discovered my orgasms and I was leaving Mormonism, like things weren't great. I don't know if you've ever been in a mixed faith marriage, but it's really hard. And he hadn't left yet. And we were trying to reconcile, you know, the dreams and expectations we thought we had. Oh yeah. And Mormonism, I mean, mixed faith is one thing when it's like Catholic and Protestant, (laughs) it's a whole other thing when someone is Mormon and another one isn't like that is a very big chasm. Yeah. Like I was having one tiny glass of wine with my friends while I was out and I'd tell them about it. So he didn't think I was lying, but I wouldn't have any at home. And he loved me. Like it was just oh, that's a lot. So painful. But what what I decided was okay. I can't make him think any sort of way. I can't make him have whatever beliefs he has. I can't save this marriage. All I can do is choose myself and then see what happens. And I chose myself. I put myself first. And it was. I mean, I was. I was having a beautiful sexual experience, not just alone, but together. My business was thriving. My friendships were deeper. You know, I was having these beautiful, deep connections with people that I didn't have before because there's a very us versus them mentality in Mormonism. Oh, so it's okay. very much like, you know, you only hang out with Mormons because those other people could be a bad influence and they might try and get you to drink and like, just, oh, it seems crazy okay. now, but all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have these beautiful, deep connections in my life. And that's when I realized that actually, if you put yourself first, everything else that's supposed to happen happens. You know, my husband came around, we have like the deepest, most beautiful relationship. Nobody's ever cheered for me harder. I also have successful businesses. I've now, you know, built two more successful businesses since that time and sold on working on the next. And that's what happens when we decide that actually, when we decide to choose ourselves, whatever that looks like for you, you might be straight, you might be queer, you might be religious, you might be not, but being true to yourself and waking up every day saying, I choose me, that's so powerful. In the LDS religion, if you go to the temple, then you get these special underwear. They're called the Mormon garments. I'm sure you've at least heard about them or seen them on TikTok. 
And so every single morning I was trying so hard to like still kind of fit this Mormon role so my husband wouldn't leave me because I loved him and we have two kids together. <laughs> and every morning I woke up and I would put these underwear on and they have symbols on them. And, and I put my clothes over them and I just felt in my deepest parts of my soul like I was wearing a lie. I was trying so hard to be someone I wasn't, to believe something that I deeply disagreed with. And coming out as bisexual has been really similar to that. Like not, not that much of my life has changed. I've got like shorter hair, I'm a little sassier. Like you might see a little bit more of me than maybe you would have seen before. But it's that that expression. I'm not real, I'm not keeping a secret. Yes. I I felt the same way. It didn't actually change any major component of my life. But I just felt like, why do I need to pretend that this isn't true? And like, why is it something that there's, if there's nothing wrong with it, which there isn't, then why do only my closest friends know about it? Mm -hmm. Like, and if the whole point of living, you know, fully and freely gives permission for everyone else, then why would I not give myself this permission to like, just be like, this is just me and no day-to-day -day portion of it changes, but like, also this is my story. Why would I yeah. pretend it's not? And I don't have to like scream it from the rooftops that everybody passing by, but I also don't need to be secretive about it. Exactly. And you, yeah. And I think it, really normalizing this queer experience too, especially for people our age where yeah. we didn't have the same expression that, you know, Gen Z is really encouraging, which is so beautiful. And I think, you know, I don't have to be embarrassed when I make comments about how hot women are. And we could like, my husband and I can both laugh about it together. And my, you know, my friends can be like, oh, you know, it's just being fully and truly yourself without feeling ashamed or embarrassed. Um, I used to not tell people that I went to BYU because it's a Mormon uh, LDS yeah. institution. And I didn't want them to know that I'd been associated with, or like, I didn't want them to think maybe I was Mormon because I wasn't. And it's very similar, like all these masks we wear, like, I don't want anybody to know about a thing about me that I'm ashamed of or right. Like, no, it's a big Mormon is a huge part of my story. I was yeah. very Mormon for 27 years. I held all the, you know, leadership titles. I, I was very Mormon and yeah. being not Mormon is a big part of who I am today too. And I think that that's so comforting that we can change, you know, we, oh, we it yes. could have been who you were before. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. it's who you are now. No. Not at all. And that's the, the, the age of 27 is such a powerful age. Um, I, I've, that was my first like real great awakening. And I see so many people's stories near that kind of timeline, right. That we, um, in the Hindu faith, there's these secular, you're on like sort of these secular paths. And so they happen every nine, 10 or 11 years. Um, and Mine for sure is every 10 I'm coming up on 37 and I'm, I would say burning it all down and reinventing yet yeah. again. And it feels super authentic. And, and I'm, I'm not scared because of what happened at 27. I'm not, I'm not scared for what is coming up now to release and shed and reinvent on this, like literally from the studs, do it all over again. Um, for you, I noticed, you know, recently you sold a really successful business and walked away and 
and are reinventing and making new pieces and going into different industries. And it's so fucking great. Thank you. Yeah. Like, hell yes. Uh, Not that you need my permission, but like this whole podcast is called Full Body Fuck Yes. And like, that is what this is for you. Um, What advice would you say for someone who's facing this saying things like, uh, but I really loved it. Uh, I work so hard. I don't want to give it up now, or it's really successful or people know me as this. So many different things that we self, I call them self-imposed prisons. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, how do you say, fuck it? One of my favorite quotes that I've always lived by is if you did it once, you can do it again better. So I have always, and I'm just not, I, maybe I'm not a sentimental person. My husband <laughs> jokes that I would like throw everything out and start over, but I always come to, we can't perceive a future we haven't already lived. We don't have evidence. Our brains don't have evidence that everything's going to be okay and that everything can change and we'll be okay. So all our brains have evidence of is what we've experienced in the past. So our brain is trying to like physically protect us from danger. And so they're saying, no, this is safe. No, we know this. No, this is okay. So I always tell my, you know, I have this conversation with my brain. Hey, Shan. Okay. I'm in the process of starting three new businesses right now. Not, not one, three. Not one. Why, why not? not? Why not? Because I've already built four successful businesses one mm-hmm. by one. Quite frankly, I'm bored and I would like to do yeah. something different. And so the conversation I keep having every time it comes up, but what if you fail? What if you lose everything? What if it doesn't work out? I keep reminding myself, well, I can always go back. You can always go back. It's a lot harder to leap forward. So take the leap, find out what happens. You know, none of us are immune to failure. I've failed many, many times. Okay. So I've had four successful businesses. I've probably had at least as many, maybe more that either never launched or failed. Like I I can count them. Right. So just give yourself permission to say, okay, worst case scenario, I go back to where I am right now. Worst case scenario, you can always go back what you did before. And that helps me with, you know, my sexuality, you know, exploring women. It helps me with, um, trying new businesses. Cause okay. Okay. Let's say this doesn't go the way I think that it's going to, let's say I don't like it. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel good. Okay. I can always go back to what I did before. And that's really comforting to me because it gives you so much freedom and permission to just explore and discover. Just explore and discover. Yes. Who you are today in this season of your life. I feel like I use this analogy. Sometimes I, I see people come to me and say, you know, like abs, but this is so successful or, you know, I, what will my family say or whatever you, and I'm like, all right, what you're coming to me with is a beautiful, honest, valid question, but you are now, you just moved and you are in Atlanta, Georgia in August. It is hot as fuck. Okay. There's 98% humidity and you are dressed like January in Toronto, right? You've got a parka, you've got a big scarf, you've got a bunch of different layers on. No wonder you don't feel comfortable. You're in a new season. You've got to shed it. You've got to let it go. And I think we walk around with these parkas being like, I'm so uncomfortable, but too scared to take it all off. And try something new, but like we are meant to be in seasons of our life and it's okay. I love that analogy. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about, you know, the whole world blew up. <laughs> the whole, like the worst case scenarios have happened. Mm-hmm. 
the worst case scenarios continue to happen. Mm -hmm. And that's something my dad, he was an entrepreneur and he always like, it was so frustrating. It would make me so angry, but he would always say this to me like, Shannon, what's the worst case scenario? Everybody can romanticize the best case scenario, but what's the worst case scenario? And so every time I take a step forward, I get myself comfortable with the worst case scenario. Okay. So if the worst case scenario happens, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be okay. And then all of a sudden it's not this, well, what if, and fear of the unknown that's holding you back. I feel like it's a, I love that. And I feel like it's a double-sided coin. Let's say that analogy. Sure. One side is what if I fail? Right. And what you just said, like, let's think about worst case scenario. And then you can't lose the skills. You can't lose the experience that you've already gained by building or translating those into something else. Okay. So like, just, can we please both of us just give that permission to you at home? Like y'all be fine. You'll be fine. You just lived through a panorama. You were a homeschool teacher, apparently at the same time as like a cook, you're trying to freaking Peloton. I mean, y'all are just incredible. So like, you'll be fine. The other side of it though, that I think is really fascinating is like this thought of what we've been talking about, kind of what naturally happened is the theme of this conversation, like not being fully transparent and honest with yourself because you're so afraid of what everyone else will think. But that actually is just judging yourself. Mm -hmm. You're so scared of parts of you, right? Like I'm so scared to say that I went to BYU because then people will know that I'm Mormon, even though I'm not Mormon anymore. I'm so scared to say that I'm bisexual because I'm in a cis passing hetero relationship. What will people think? But really that's that you think that they'll judge you, but you're judging yourself first and foremost. Also, nobody cares. (laughs) So I've been going through a lot of this. I've been going through a really big... And this way, the way you put it is much more beautiful and no, no, um, go for it. Nobody gives a fuck. No, they don't. You know, I've been going through this huge life transition. I was at the, I started this company the beginning of the pandemic. I exited last summer and all of a sudden I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What's the next stage? You know, sometimes things happen when they're planned, sometimes it happens suddenly. And all of a sudden you got to figure it out. And I just had these stories in my head that like, <gasps> everybody's talking about it. And everybody's like, they're talking about why, or if it was this, or if it was good, or if it was bad, like everybody's just gossiping. And literally I woke up one morning. I was like, you are not that important. <laughs> like nobody is talking about it. Right. Like they don't care. And so we're making all these decisions about our life that we have to wake up to every single day over something that other people might think of for seven seconds of their entire life. Legit though. Like they scroll, they're like, oh, Shannon sold this thing. Cool. And then they keep scrolling. Yeah. I'm just at home. I got to tell you right now, if you just threw the loofah, I hope you did. We call it the throw the loofah. Like if they're listening in the shower, Shannon, I hope you just threw the loofah. I hope <laughs> you threw the keys down at Holsey's. I hope that you just had the, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. No one's why. No one's why. I love you. Whoever you are. I love you. And nobody gives a fuck. Well, if you're listening in the shower, if you just turn it off and go get some, go watch some porn and have a moment. Yes. Yourself. <laughs> That's I, what I hope for you. I hope that for you. You know what? We're going to leave on that. I hope you have uh, turned this off. And we and I hope, great sex. I yourself. hope you just went and had great sex. That's what we, <laughs> Shannon and I hope that for you today. That's what we hope you take away from this episode. Go have great sex. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing else I could offer. offer. On that note, 
Amazing. Thank you for this dear conversation. Thank you for being honest and vulnerable as always. You're so treasured and we appreciate the honesty, honestly. Oh, thank you. It's such a wonderful conversation. I hope that if you're everybody listening, you take this away with, you know, whatever it is that you need to, whatever mask you need to take off or let go of, and that it really, in all seriousness, helps you unlock the next level of freedom and happiness in your life. Because you deserve it. Yeah. You you deserve it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram. So tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.